Testing, testing. How does this sound, Nikolai? Say a couple words for us. Testing, testing. I am going to win this week. Finally, I am going to win. That's probably not going to happen. Sorry. Your heart is filled with hate and tar. That's actually true. My wife says that to me all the time. Welcome to the MMA Geeks Sea Level Podcast. This is Stan Drive here, coming to you from New York City with my friend and co-host, Nick Raccia. Nikolai, how the fuck are you, buddy? Hey, man. I am coming off my, what am I, third, uh, three out of four losses. I think so. Maybe one in, one in three four since out of five. I think one out of three in the, it's in the new style. Yeah. It's the new style. You know what, Nick? You're good at matchmaking, and you're pretty- I won my bets this week. You did, that's right. You hit both bets this week, Nick. I think if we do all the math for our betting history, you would probably now, you just shaved off like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. So you're probably only like $7,000 in debt. <laughs> not, not, not as bad as it could be. We're actually going to talk about UFC on ESPN Plus 22, Blackwicks versus Jacare. And we're naturally going to discuss last week's card. In the main event of which, we saw Zabit Magomed Sharipov do his thing and pick up a victory over Calvin Cater. Nick, I think it's pretty clear at this point that Zabit Magomed Sharipov is ready to be the UFC champion. He's probably going to defend that 145-pound title multiple times, Nick. The only caveat is that his management has to keep getting him three-round championship or fights. Or two-round fights, yeah. Or two-round fights, best case. But <laughs> he's capable of surviving that third round, Nick. If only he can get through and dominate in those first two. He did the same thing against a two and five in the UFC, Kyle Bochniak, Nick. He kind of roughed him up early, and Bosniak kept pressuring. That third round, he was getting roughed up by Bosniak. Well, the problem is he play, he fights the way that I play UFC on PlayStation, which is right. all, all significant strikes, letting it fly, and then in the third round, um, you know, ready to take a nap in the corner. Literally, dude. Yeah. Like, like, he can't do shit in that third round. It's insane that he got that very fortunate takedown in the last few seconds. And Calvin Cater probably landed like 30 punches from his back. And Zabit landed one from the top. Yeah. That's how exhausted he was. Yeah, he's got that thick head of hair and that Lincoln beard. Nothing was getting through. Yeah, the Dagestani Abe Lincoln. Do you think he's as honest as the former president, Nick? Is he Dagestani or just Russian? Pretty sure he's Dagestani. He's like a homeboy of Khabib. They don't train together, but they are homies. Um... The way that like a short, stocky, powerful, and a long, lanky striker guy can yeah. be homies. They're they're that those two. I think they would make it for an interesting TV show. The only caveat is that you would need to be able to speak a slanted version of the Russian language to yeah, understand how, it. Well, how does man? How does Zabit weigh less than Khabib? That is pretty <laughs> crazy, right? Given the height difference. Yeah, like Khabib doesn't get Khabib, Khabib doesn't look. Sto- he still looks very lean. I think Khabib is five nine and five ten. Zabit six one. But again, Khabib being the stocky guy and Zabit being kind of the longer guy. It's yeah. interesting with, with Zabit, I think part of the reason for his mediocre gas tank at a high level. The altitude is up there? No, I don't uh, think... I don't, I don't <laughs> think <laughs> that's funny. It's 6'1", not in Yeah, not I, in I, I don't think the air gets much thinner, like half a foot up. But I do think that he... As skinny and lanky as he is, like if you look at his structure, it's not quite like Neil Magny. He's like solid muscle, even though it's like long, thin, like a narrow. It's it's mostly high twitch muscle fibers. So he's kind of like an explosive guy, and he really does explode quite a bit. His speed is also something you have to you have to pay for as a fight wears yeah, on. He's got big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, he's he's wide. He's very very thin waist, but it's all muscle and it's solid, dude. He's, he doesn't look wide. But again, plenty of fast switch muscle fiber there, which means you're going to be explosive, but it also means you can't possibly have the gas tank to keep exploding for five rounds. I always bring up Yoel Romero as an example of a guy that tempers himself for that reason. Yeah, it impacted me as a swimmer, too, because I was, I was bulkier than most swimmers. Lean, I mean, I was 145 at 5'8", at muscular, but like I, had, I carried a lot of muscle, muscle in my legs. Yeah. And my legs, no matter what I would do, would always gas. In the last, uh, it makes sense. You probably had more of the fast trip. twitch yeah, muscle would, fibers. Yeah, my legs would legs. always that. You'd feel that on the on my like third flip turn, or depending on the race, on my seventh flip turn, the lactic acid in my thighs would just blow them out. I hear that, man. So UFC Moscow ended up being a pretty good overall card. Snoozer. I don't, I don't know. Like definitely the co-main event with Alexander Volkov and Greg Hardy was a snoozer. Hardy's clearly not ready for this level of competition. So what more can we really ask for? As far as Volkov, Volkov, was, Volkov was fought pretty conservatively too. But I mean, he did. He, 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 you know, he he fought at distance. Hardy didn't do anything stupid. Hardy fought like a professional fighter. 
I mean, he didn't fight, you know, he didn't fight like yeah. Jimbo Slice. He didn't like turn around and cower away like Ronda Rousey still does from strikes, and she's a former UFC champion, right? Yeah, he took, you know, he took some shots. None of, I mean, he didn't really get lit up. I'd say he got, he got pieced a little, he got touched up, but he didn't get, you know. And that's, to be fair, that's for lack of trying on Volkov's part. I think Volkov, yeah. after his knockout loss to Derek Lewis about a year ago, he dominated Lewis. He hurt him so many times leading up to the moment where he himself was shut off. And I think that made him want to be particularly careful. Listen, you don't want to lose a fight to a fellow heavyweight, and you certainly don't want to lose a fight to a like a bad guy. Well, you don't want to be... I mean, listen, you don't want to be Andre Olavsky against Brett Rogers. Yeah, against he Brett Rogers. You don't remember that? Yeah. Oh, he, he yeah he got he just got kind of roughed up in the first few it was seconds. Very right? quick. Yeah. Brett Rogers, Rogers just like, like just like threw giant boulders at him for twelve seconds, and yeah, that and was then, and then Rogers almost took. beat Fedor. But um, I, I would have been nice to see him get Hardy in the clinch, trip him, and get a choke, and just get out of there quickly. But alas, we got three like boring rounds of sparring. That's actually a solid point. He really never goes for takedowns, Volkov, as far as I can tell, and that probably would have been the key here, as far as. What we've seen from Hardy from his back, like, he kind of sucks. And that would have been his way to finish this fight and look spectacular. He actually, it's kind of weird. He ended up taking this fight even though Junior Dos Santos got injured. And then he's in a situation where he's now asking for the same fight that he would have already fought and been done with. Kind of an odd thing because he still Wait, took the which fight. Which is what? Uh, which is Junior Dos Santos. Oh, Volkov, you mean? Yeah, for Volkov, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that makes um, sense. I mean, there's not a, I mean, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of elite guys who have held or fought for the title hanging around heavyweight. No, no, you're um, right. Greg Hardy hurt his hand, I guess, to somewhat his credit. And he was still trying, man. He never stopped trying. He never really truly lost form. So there are some decent signs. I still think the guy's got real potential here, especially training with American top team. Volkov, he certainly however, looks more fit. I mean, he's getting yeah, leaner. Yeah, he's getting leaner Much and leaner similar, similar to, the, uh, to the Black Beast, you know, last week or the week before. You know, he looked he he looked uh, he looked leaner and quicker. Um, let's let's buzz through the rest of this card because there's not there's not a ton worth talking about in my opinion. Ed Herman is ageless. I don't know. He looks better now than I mean maybe it's At a competition. Thirty nine, yeah. He looks I mean, better now than he did five six years ago. I definitely think it helps that he's fighting the competition he's fighting. It makes a big difference when you're fighting a guy who's zero and one in the UFC versus a guy who's like five and zero, for example. And that's kind of the opportunity that he got in this case, and he took full advantage of it. Also, Ed Herman got that win over Patrick Cummins, who's got the softest chin in the history of light heavyweight. After a three-fight losing streak at age 39, I'd say he's in good form. He's slow as hell, don't get me wrong, but you can afford that more at light heavyweight than you can yeah. at, at middleweight. Uh, we do have to mention, of course, Danny Roberts with a spectacular knockout over Zalim. Yeah, good for him. After, after, that, after that embarrassing highlight reel loss against Michelle Pereira, Pajaya, who yep. then subsequently embarrassed himself by gassing out, acting, yep. like, a, acting like a dunce. <laughs> it was nice to see. I think this is Danny Roberts. Is it his first fight since that, or did he get... No, yeah, it is his first fight since that bout. And he right. also he also had a loss before that to Claudio Silva in that weird kind of finish where he was armbarred and yelled out in pain as he was getting out of the armbar. And the referee still stopped right, the fight. Right, right, right. So good for him. Yeah, he actually has a win over David Sawada before that, who picked up a really nice victory. He was a big underdog. Oh, my God, to, over Khabib's cousin. That's right, Abu Bakar, Norma Gamedov. So, Normie, going into this fight, we should have read into the fact that he was 1-1-1 one, one, and one in his last three, right? He had a draw, a win, and a loss. I looked at that. I figured it was a totally winnable fight for him if he if it was in Moscow. But He's probably a little bit of a mental case. By the way, he's 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the PFL. Not exactly the highest level of MMA, and I think that last name really puts a lot of pressure and gives him a lot of credit and skewed that line by quite a bit. Awesome. And David Zawada was 0-2 in the UFC, but both of those fights he took on short notice, and this time he got a full training camp and took full advantage of it. Yeah, he looked great. I felt bad for Nurmagomedov, who clearly was broken up after the fight. In general, the uh, the Russians didn't do very well on a on a Russian card. Did you see the Conor McGregor test texts toward Nurmagomedov? Yeah, it was disgusting. It's so bad it's for a guy that has four losses, Nick. All four losses by submission. I know, it made no sense for him to, to me. have the gall to call him out bring, to tap yeah, call for, him out for a, tapping. To quit and tapping. It's fat, and he's not even calling out Khabib, right? He's not no, even trying yeah. to fight Khabib right now. He's trying to fight Cerrone. Khabib didn't even have him in a choke when he tapped out. At least when when yeah. po when Poirier uh, tapped out, he had a choke. 
Well, like, just like against Nate Diaz, in both those fights, Conor McGregor decided he wanted out. It wasn't the kind of thing where it was just a really slick entrance into the submission. It was Conor deciding, look, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to have my hands and my chest, and I'm going to let them sink in this choke and then pretend like I have no choice but to tap out. Really, it's it's just more honorable, or it looks more honorable to do that than to just literally tap when your opponent hasn't done much to you. Conor literally gave up. He wanted out of those fights, and for him to make fun of someone for getting Conor in a legit submission in his UFC debut and tapping is pretty messed up. Yeah, the guy is off the fucking rails, man. Yeah, he, he makes John Jones, like yeah. I said, look like a responsible young man. He was drinking proper 12 and texting. He shouldn't do that. I think there was definitely more than he proper 12 He should drink a good whiskey and text. A hundred percent. That 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 gasoline taste isn't necessarily best case from what I understand. So, yeah. Anthony Rocco Martin, you and I disagreed on the Ramazan Emiya fight. It, it was a fairly close bout, but Rocco Martin, I thought, was a couple steps ahead most of the way. No real argument for MEF to have gotten the win. Really nice one for him. I know he's coming off that Damian Maya loss before, but let's face it, he's a top welterweight. He's now 5-1 uh, and one in his last six bouts. And even before that Aubin Mercier loss, he had three wins. So the guy's a really talented fighter. He actually trains with those guys in Atlanta with Jacao and the Lima brothers. Looking forward to seeing him compete again. Klitsen Abrio got screwed, man. He got screwed against Shamil Gonzatov. That was the only oh, pick that I made. Your pick, did your pick not go your way, Stan? Nikolai, didn't I go 5-1 and one and you went like 1-5? Uh, yeah, five? and you're bitching about the one fight that you clearly lost. Did you really think that was a clear loss? Let's go. Let's, let's pull up MMA decisions right now and see what the world thought. Do it, but I like. I think you need to rewatch that goddamn fight. Magomed Ankalaev had a spectacular one-sided beating over Dolce Lunkamanga. <laughs> Actually, MMA decisions is in favor of Abreu. That's what I said. That's what I picked. Yeah, I was right. I know I was wrong. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Magomed Ankalaev's spectacular performance against the monstrous action figure-looking Dalcha Lungimbula. In my opinion, in that legitimate top ten of kind of the serious prospects at light heavyweight, I think there's a whole row of guys for John Jones to fight. I hope the UFC largely keeps them away from each other. These list of prospects. Which guy are you talking about? Magomed Ankalaev. Oh yeah. His UFC debut was a loss, and that was four fights ago when he literally dominated Paul Craig and tapped out with one second left by triangle choke. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. Shows potentially some mental weakness, but judging by his performances since then, I won't hold it against him. Uh, Rustam Kabilov, you and I actually disagreed on this one as well, beat Sergei Kondosko. Yeah, he looks so flat, and usually when guys look flat and then change their weight class, it doesn't work. Yeah. I didn't think his style was going to... I thought he was having some trouble getting guys down at the lower weight class, so I didn't see him moving up and his style working, but I was wrong. I think a lot of it is based on the matchup, too. The guy who's facing was a really good kickboxer, okay on the ground. His wrestling was probably his weak point, if anything. Uh, Robertson over uh, Kopilov, a spectacular performance, man. He's a real, I think, prospect at 185. Robertson, the guy that that got uh, and uh, messed up... uh... Glover Teixeira yeah. he had a fight with, but he ended up losing the fight. Right. But he did did rough him up for a bit there. So yeah, Roosevelt Roberts, Panny Kanzad, David Grant picked up relatively competitive decision victories. You know, it was okay to watch, I guess, the early portion of that card. But we do have much more exciting shit to talk about. UFC on ESPN Plus 22, Blackwicks versus Jacare. Double Brazil. Deuce. Who's Double Deuce? What? 22. I see. Jack, uh, this is from Sao Paulo? Uh, this is in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Ooh. That's right. So Rough neighborhood. Interesting overall card. Some serious names on there. We're going to take a break, come back, and get into the breakdown of this coming UFC card for you folks. And we are back to the MMA Geeks C-Level Podcast, here to talk about UFC on ESPN Plus 22, Nick. A double deuce, as I've recently been informed. So, interesting card. We have Jan Blackwitz, who's now fighting his third middleweight, moving up to 205 in a row. He's so far 1-1. One one. He was ravaged by one in Tiago Santos, who then went on to fight John Jones for the title. He destroyed and retired Luke Rockhold in his last fight. And here we have Ronaldo Jacare Souza coming up to 205 to face Blackwicks. Interesting overall card. We've got Shogun on this one, Charles Oliveira, guys like Sergio Marais in Brazil, James Krause, Randy Brown and Worley Alves. Yeah, some great matchups, Nick. We're going to get into our draft style system. As most of you folks know, uh, maybe there are one or two new listeners, if you know what I'm saying. 
the way we do it is that Nick and I take turns picking uh, the fighter that we think is most likely to win of the fighters left. At the end of it all, we tally up the points. Whoever has picked the most fighters with wins uh, gets the victory for the week and gets an edge in the overall tally. This week, Nick, my very first pick is going to be a guy that I actually think is facing a fairly tough opponent who has some attributes that might spell him some trouble. I'm going to pick Charles Oliveira to pick up a victory over Jared Gordon. I think Jared Gordon has a pressure style, which I think previously has shown to be Oliveira's Achilles heel, if you will. But Oliveira's really come into his own over his last several fights. He's on quite a streak now beating up a bunch of fairly notable names, like some upper echelon, although not maybe top five fighters, and David Tamor, Nick Lentz, Jim Miller, Chris Estriagos, Clay Guida, and Nick, he finished all these guys. So I've got Oliveira in this one over Jared Gordon, who, I, again, is a pretty good fighter. I just think his chin is going to be an issue here, on top of the fact that he's in danger on the ground. What do you think? I had the same pick, and that was going to be my first pick. So Well, that yeah. worked out well. Yeah, great. Great for me. Um... So my first pick is going to be the former light heavyweight champion of the world and pride fighting superstar Shogun Hua. Mauricio. I wish we can get Pride Lady, crazy Pride Lady. Mauricio Shogun Hua. Yeah, we got the cadence right. <laughs> and uh you know, I'm sorry, does, you guys does, had to listen to that. She by does the way. voice. She does uh, like voice messages for like thirty bucks. I would pay her double that, Nicole. You can fight. You can. We can make this happen. I, I want her to just announce my name. I can. All right, we'll we'll talk about it. Stop all being right. a dick on the podcast, and maybe you'll get that for your birthday. Not fucking worth um, it. I'd rather so pay picking, the sixty bucks. Nick. I'm picking Shogun over Paul uh, the Bear Jew Craig. You know, he's had he's had some luck, and he's not a you know he's not a bad fighter. He's gotten better better with his hands. He's got great subs. I'm pretty sure the last guy to catch Shogun in a submission was Chael Sonnen. Yeah. Who's, a, who's a pr- absolutely a, a premier grappler. Um, and Craig, get, Craig gets, Craig get, you know, Craig can get hit, and Shogun still has some pop. Um, he still puts some guys down, and I don't think Craig's got the kind of power. Uh, whereas, like, I think Sam Alvey maybe had a puncher's chance in the Shogun fight, although I suspect Shogun, I would have picked Shogun there. Coming in late... Against Shogun with uh, his overall durability and not facing a murderous uh, striker, um, I've got to go with him over over the submission specialist from Scotland. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the pick, although I did not have it nearly as high on my list. Great. Actually, no, to be fair, I had it at number three, so that was going to oh, be my... Oh, you mean, yeah, you mean it was pretty fucking close to where I had Yeah, it's, it's pretty close, fair. Yeah, I, I like Shogun in this matchup as well. I'm not much of a believer in Paul Craig overall, although he has a solid double leg. He apparently can hurt a guy, as he did in his last bout against the, as it turns out, very mediocre Vinicius Moreira. It's interesting, he's never been able to piece together two wins in the UFC, despite the fact that, I mean, the guy has four wins in there, right? Like, that is fairly significant, although at light heavyweight, maybe it means a little bit less than some of the lower divisions. Uh, I agree with you on the pick. I think that Shogun isn't super likely to get knocked out, although that's probably his biggest liability here. And he's certainly not going to get dominated or caught on the floor. I'm fairly confident in a three-round fight. He seems to get stronger as he goes. So if you don't catch him early, he's going to put yeah. it on. Well, he's he's going to get choked damage. by. He got choked by Sonnen early, but again, yes. I think you know, say what you want about Chael Sonnen, he's a pretty good fighter. I think he caught him, and I think he was probably on steroids. Like I, I don't. Yeah. Chael was. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. Chael. Yeah. Not Shogun. I feel like Shogun never really had that kind of body type. So those nipples occurred naturally. So, Shogun's nipples it's, it's more his overall like he just kind of looks right. like dad bod a little bit okay. for most of his career it's a funny story I actually had a had a client whose girlfriend at the time used to date Shogun and Shogun came was coming to town because he was about to fight John Jones for the title I actually went to that event and apparently Shogun reached out to her he was like hey girl what's the deal are we going to get it on and girl was like no I have a boyfriend now and he was wasn't like he, so wasn't he married at the time he was married at the time oh. and he was like so and that's why John that. Jones beat him no, John Jones beat him because he was a young man <laughs> whose knees were attached. That was a bad, Shogun's that was a beating. It was heartbreaking, man. I knew it was going to happen, and I, I had to be there live to see one of my... By the way, this is my first favorite fighter, Shogun. Big fan of the guy. And glad to see him still doing his motherfucking thing in light heavyweight, Nick. He is not struggling. Three he is 4-1, four four. and one, actually, which is great. Went over Corey this, Anderson. 
I mean, in well, yeah, three the one years loss ago. to the, the one loss to Anthony Smith is not a whole lot to be ashamed of. Outside of that, he's got Volante, Corey Anderson, Noguera, Tyson Pedro. These are guys besides Noguera that are quite a bit younger and should have quite a bit more durability. They just don't for Shogun. Shogun's been looking really good out there. So for my next pick, Nick, my second pick, I'm going to pick Douglas Silva Dandraj. Damn it! Over Henan Burrell. Why? Because Henan Burrell really, really is a fraction of the fighter he used to be. He used to have a solid jab, solid kicks, excellent jiu-jitsu. Now he's basically like, it's almost as if he just came back from war and like he's going through PTSD and you're putting him back in war and you get to see the look on his face. He just looks like, holy shit, why am I doing this to myself again? And I expect Douglas De Silva to Andrade, his style, I think when he's a favorite, he's really aggressive. He just hunts you down. And when he's fighting in a matchup against, for example, Peter Yan, he was a fraction of himself, as a matter of fact, because he didn't really believe in himself in that matchup. You can tell. But he does have a win over Marlon Vera in 2018, which, you know, Marlon Vera was already top level by that point. I like him here over Henan Barrow, who might as well be BJ Penn at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that was my next pick, so thanks again. Yeah! like to hear that! Yeah, this next one, I'm choosing between... Oh, this is tough here. Tell me which ones you're choosing between that. Uh, I'm ch- really? Yeah. Well, I'm ch- I'm either gonna go with Ricardo Ramos over Eduardo Garagori. Go on. Or my girl Tracy Cortez over Vanessa Mello. Wait, I thought your girl's name was Amanda. This, this is my new girl. So you're just gonna switch up girls like the Julie? No, this is like my girl being the one that's like fighting that I'm not gonna meet in real life and who I'm probably twenty years older than. Fair enough. All right. Um, that kind of your girl. Got it. Yeah, that kind. Go on with your bad self. The kind you see with Google. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick her. I like her wrestling. I like her double leg. I like her single leg. I like her tenacity. Um, and I also believe she probably has a really nice personality. I'm going to go with uh, Tracy Cortez over the very uh, competent in game uh, Vanessa Mello. But I think Cortez is going to get this up against the cage. Um, she's going to get that single leg. Uh, or she's going to... Um, I've seen her clasp the hands and get the double, too. She's tough. Tough, tough grappler. Um, and not afraid to throw hands. So I'm picking her. I agree with the picnic. I do have to ask you, though, as far as Tracy Cortez, you're a fan of her specifically because of her tenacity and the fact that you think she might have a personality? I watched tape on her. I, I, I watched her contender. I watched a fight from a few years ago in, in, a, in a league called like Toughen Up or something. I don't know. It was a, you know, kind of like a small, looked regional what I'm trying card. To say, and then I watched her contender fight. What I'm trying to say, Nick, was it really her personality traits and not her looks that make you such a big fan? I think she's a good fighter. She's favored in this fight, minus 200 to plus 170. So why don't you keep the focus on the fights, all right. Stan? All right. I just want to say she's a pretty girl. That's all. All right. So is Vanessa, so Vanessa Mello. It's not a pretty off. It's a fight. I feel that. Also, actually, in the next fight, Veronica Macedo or and Ariana Lipsky are both, are both gorgeous, too. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on the pick. Tracy Cortez. I think Vanessa Mel is a pretty good fighter. And I think, like, it's weird because Tracy Cortez is a fill-in in this fight. And then her opponent also had to drop out. So then Vanessa Mello became a later fill-in for the fight, which is kind of odd. Uh, the short notice aspect for Mello in her second UFC fight. Again, she has to take a short notice bout. This time, at least against a girl that hasn't been in the UFC octagon before, but I do favor Tracy Cortez's wrestling and ground game to out-hustle Vanessa Mello's pretty solid, fundamental-based kind of kickboxing strike. Yeah, she just doesn't have any finishes, which leads me to believe she's probably going to get, you know, if she spends too much time on the bottom, which it seems like Cortez's opponents do. Yep, I can see it. Uh, I'm on the same page with you there. Plus, Tracy Cortez is pretty, so if that they're doesn't both, make you They're right. actually both really pretty. Vanessa Mello. But yeah. it's not a pretty off. No, it's true, but Tracy Cortez, I don't know. She just has something about her, Nick. Are you seeing this? I, all right. Should we move on? Yeah, get out of your incognito browser. Fucking. <laughs> um, so tell, Telling your wife. Nick, for my very next pick, and we agree on, on that one as well. For my very next pick, I'm going to pick Ricardo Ramos over uh, Eduardo Garagori. I actually think Garagori is like a fairly solid prospect in the division. I think this is a huge step up for him. And man, does it have to be like that, Dana White? Can you give this guy a bit of a chance to establish himself here? So it's weird because I think Garagori might actually be flying in from either Florida or Argentina. I I believe that's correct, although I'm not good at reading flags. So born in Santorina, they live in Vermento, Brazil. 
Maybe oh. I was wrong. He's, so we, he's, so we he's, were he's both right. Full. Yeah, either way, I think he's flying in from closer than Ricardo Ramos, which might be a factor. Luis actually had a nice UFC debut. You and I disagreed on the picks on that one. I picked Garagori at the time, even though his prior opposition hasn't exactly been high level when he beat Humberto Bandanai by decisive one-sided decision. Uh, even though he did beat him, Nick, he got taken down several times. And Ricardo Ramos gets lots of takedowns. I think he had seven takedowns or something in his last four wins. So I think that'll make all of the difference here. Although I will say, Ramos is coming up from 135. I wonder if that wake-up was an issue for him prior. Said Nurmagomedov got a spinning back kick knockout over him just a couple of fights ago. And Garagori throws that kind of shit. So Garagori has a shot here. And I think he's a bit of a live dog, if only by a small investment. But I do like Ramos as my pick. Live dog. Live dog. Um... All right, next, and then like the the do you fight, agree with this one? Yeah, I do. I do. The fights get um, a lot closer. Um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, pickums here, I think. But I'm gonna go with, you know, he's been up, he's been down, he's been around for a while. Uh, I'm gonna pick James Kraus over Sergio uh, Moraes. That was my next pick. Ah, I like Kraus. I like his length. He had some good victories. Um, let me go back. Let me hit up his page real quick. Because I'm blanking on that, but I think he had one over Sam Stout. Uh, he did lose to Bobby Green. He was he was beating Jamie Varner when he hurt his ankle. Uh, Darren Krushank, he took out Varley Alves. Um, Tommy Amato is, is pretty good. Beat uh, he lost two once and then beat again. Um, and he, his losses are to tough guys: Cerrone, Lamas, back in WEC. Um, you know he's been around for a minute, and uh, he hasn't fought in a little over a year. But he's on a five-fight uh, win streak over four years um, in the UFC. And Marais is just kind of, you know, one of those guys that hangs around, right? And is, seems to be on the, these kind of cards to fill him out. Um, but he doesn't really have a, you know, does he have a signature you know, signature win? He lost to Warley Alves. Uh, I know no MMA math. It's not, you know, I know Kraus beat him. He lost uh, uh, Rocco Martin, Tony Martin. He did. He does. He did beat Ben Sauter. Saunders had a split decision against Tim Means towards the end of Tim Means's career. Nick, I need you to um, go all the way through and read yeah. his entire goddamn record for me. He beat. He beat. <laughs> Neil, he beat uh, Neil, Ma- Neil Magny early on, but I'm, you know, ever since uh, Tough Brazil, uh, where he lost to Daniel uh, Serafian, um, I just haven't, I haven't been uh, much of a believer. And he's he's 37. Um, I mean, I may be picking Trinaldo later, who's who's like 41, I think, at this point. Um, and I appreciate his BJJ. He's got a lot of medals, um, but I think that uh, I think that Kraus should be able to uh, land some nasty stuff. I see him ending this fight with knees in the second round. I do feel that. I agree with you on the pick. I actually think James Kraus is in a little bit of a career resurgence lately. He's been looking really good against some fairly tough opposition, including in his last bout, he beat Orly Alves, who has a win uh, over Sergio Moraes, his opponent in this case. So I do like James Kraus, despite the fact that this is a Brazil card and he's fighting against a Brazilian kind of name in Sergio Moraes. But you're right, Sergio Moraes is 37 years old. Uh, He lost that Orly Alves fight. He lost the Anthony Rocco Martin fight. I do want to make this clear. Those guys are top fucking level. His loss before that was to Kamaru Usman. He's got wins over Tim Means, Davi Ramos. I know you've mentioned some of these. Ben Saunders. So oh, the he guys lo- he's losing to. Well, he really lost to Brian Barberina, but he, he has a win over Colby Covington, which I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at uh, Warley Alves. Yeah, that's Warley Alves who, oh, yeah. who has that victory. So yeah, look, I, I think he's a talented guy. There's a fair chance that the Warley Alves and Anthony Rocco Martin loss were because these are really high level guys. And quite frankly, his biggest issue I think is that he gasses, and I don't think James Kraus is going to gas. Based on James Krause's last fight against Worley Alves, I think he knows when he needs to pressure an opponent, even though he's not always a pressure fighter. And he did that to Worley Alves, who's dynamic and dangerous. He was able to beat him that way by second-round knockout. It was a really, really impressive performance by uh, Krause, who took some chances, man. Really went at Alves and took advantage of that opportunity to land that slick knee to finish him in the second I think he's going to know to pressure Marais to get him exhausted. And by the second or third round, he should be ripe for the picking. I like James Krause here, despite the fact that that crowd will be yelling for the man to die the entire time. 
so that was that was your pick, right? That was my slow, boring analysis. Nick, your analysis was not slow and boring. And you know what? Sometimes you just need to know every fight that a that a fighter has been. I forget sometimes. I don't blame you one bit. My next pick, Nick, I think I'm going to go with, and this is with a lot of stalling and trepidation, as you can hear. I'm going to go with Jan Blakowicz over Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Motherfucker. Was that your next one? Yes. I love it. So, look, Jan Blakowicz is one on one against these middleweights, and I know he got knocked out. I know he got knocked out in his last uh, two fights ago against Thiago Silva, but Thiago Silva went to split it's decision with John Jones. He is a beast, no joke. Beast. Jacare's making his 205 pound debut here. His weight cutting wasn't an issue. I think he just wanted a fresh start after that pretty shitty performance to Jack Hermanson, especially with Jack Hermanson going on to lose this fight after that. Uh, Blackwitz does have a six inch reach, and I think that might play a factor. Uh, 12 of Jacare's last 13 wins came by a finish. Uh, Blackwitz is going to have an inch reach. Like I said, six, uh, I'm sorry, six inches of reach and just an inch of height when it comes to an advantage. I like him here. I can see Jacare, by the way, if he's aggressive with the takedown, if he has a hint of the athleticism that he used to have years ago, coupled with his jiu-jitsu. I don't know if he was on the sauce. I don't know what it was, but he was a very different human being just three or four years ago. Probably right around the time Usada came in. True, but man, his body looks different. Like, you don't just lose all of your athleticism. I think Trinaldo is a good example of that because Jacare used to be Trinaldo athletic, and now he's like Michael Bisping athletic. Like, how did that shift happen in, in that large way? So, yeah, I like Blackwitz here. I can certainly see Blackwitz has actually lost his last two fights that he's lost uh, before the Thiago Santos fight back in 2016, 2017. was Alexander Gustafson and Patrick Cummins. Also, Corey Anderson a little bit before that. All guys, they were able to take him down. He's really shored up his takedown defense since. I think he gave yeah. up seven takedowns in that period of time. And then he ended up getting six or seven takedowns in his next, next several fights. Uh, leading into that Luke Rockhold fight, I like Blackowicz here. I do too. Um, first of all, he's a better he's a better boxer than Chris Weidman, and Weidman for a while boxed up Souza. True, caught Good him point. with the dirty boxing, got him at distance. But um, Weidman has the overall wrestling advantage over Souza, and the question is, yeah. is Blackowicz? Yeah, I think uh, what I think is going to happen, what's most likely to happen, is Blackowicz is going to. Land some stiff shots and get Jacare on his heels. And I can see it. I think that's what's going. I think I think he'll hurt him early. Um, he could he could get taken down and and strangled. I just think he looks so strong against Luke Rockhold. He's got a lot of confidence. He's been in there against guys that that uh, that have submitted him submitted him and against against better grapplers. I think that well better wrestlers than Jacare is, and he's gotten better. Um, I think he'll be I think he'll be ready. Yeah, same page on that one as well. What is your next pick, sir? Uh, for my very next pick, uh, now it's all close fights. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm gonna pick uh, Francesco Trinaldo against Bobby Green. I'm gonna pick uh, Trinaldo here. Um, I know he hasn't been doing a ton of winning lately, but Bobby Green has not been very active, and he hasn't looked great or really, and it feels like fought to win since he got that split decision over Josh Thompson in a really good fight maybe five years ago or something. Uh, I like Bobby Green. I like watching him fight. I just He's one of those guys who seems... Uh, can you pull up his, his, his record? It was like his recent record. I feel like, you know, lately... I mean, he can't, I can't really count a victory over Eric Koch. Uh, That's a big yeah, deal, yeah. That's a big deal. And, you know, very often competitive... But and he's been fighting, you know, really good guys. But he seems to be fighting just good enough to lose. Yeah, just barely. Just barely good enough to lose. More and and he's fighting a strong. Uh, he's fighting a stronger, more athletic guy. Um, so there's a chance that he could box up Trinaldo, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I see. A, I can see Trinaldo ending up on top uh, for a good portion of the fight. I, I don't think Bobby Green plays the points game. And I think Trinaldo, not he doesn't, but I think he'll win a points game. Yeah, so I do, do I do think this is likely going to end up being a close decision. Francisco Trinaldo, even though he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire lately, his last fight against Alexander Hernandez, I think it's like pretty, like the majority of people believe that he deserved that decision yeah. outside of the, uh, th- all three judges actually gave it unanimously to Hernandez somehow, even though 
it was pretty clear that Trinaldo was kind of moving forward the whole time, really going for bigger strikes, landing some decent strikes, whereas Alexander was just trying to get away from him the majority of that fight following that Cerrone fight for Hernandez. He just what seemingly wasn't the same guy, and that was willing to engage. But he still, for some reason, was awarded that victory. So as far as I'm concerned, Trinaldo is not 2-3 and three in his last five as far as I'm concerned, he's three and two. Now, his losses that really are real losses are to James Vick when James Vick was on a streak when he was at the top of his game. And outside of that, he lost to Kevin Lee, who was, again, at the top of his game. This was back in 2016. Kevin Lee was a very serious prospect, had a record of 14 and two at the time. So, you know, pretty high-level guys it takes for, to, for someone to beat him. He's got a win, by the way, over Paul Felder. Gancy Medeiros, Ross Pearson. Yeah, that Chandler was a, that Drake, was a crazy Norman fight. Park. Yeah, I mean, he, he really has run the gambit a little bit in the UFC leading up to that Kevin Lee and James Vick loss. Yeah, he should win this fight. I, I agree. I'm on the same page, but I I certainly look every fight that Bobby Green is in is super close. This is going to be a split decision one way or the other. I'm favoring the Brazilian, but I could easily see uh, his opponent picking it up. I actually had this as my number eleven pick out of twelve. So next up, Nick, I'm going to take I'm going to take Randy Brown to beat Worley Alves. And I assume you probably even disagreed with me on this pick. I did not. Uh, you did. You actually did agree with me on it. I agreed. I've agreed. We've agreed on every pick so far. I think you might be right, yeah. Which so, sucks, because I don't like you. What <laughs> the fuck? Where did that come from? I feel like maybe after we record the podcast, we grab drinks and you tell me maybe after a couple that you don't like me. You don't fucking only, drop it on only, me in the middle I'm of recording. Only, I'm only sitting next to you because I get paid to. I'm not getting drinks with you. How much are we getting paid for the show? Are you getting you, paid for this? You show? don't get... Never mind. Wait... We'll, Never mind. We'll talk about this over drinks later. So, yeah. Look, uh, I like Randy Brown here. He's the significantly taller man. He's got a significant reach advantage. And I think those two factors will play big. More importantly, Worley Alves does really, really well in a fight where there's a very slow tempo. And we saw that in his last fight. I think he beat Sergio Marais. Because Sergio Marais is not a guy who has a lot of cardio. And he can't really expend a whole lot of energy early. And Worley Alves was able to pick at him from a distance. With those jabs, with those leg kicks, with those calf kicks. He's doing really well with that. Randy Brown, if you're staying at a distance trying to pick him apart, you're at a big disadvantage. In this case, six inches of reach uh, as part of Brown's advantage. Four inches in height. That's going to be big. Not only that, but Randy Brown in his last fight. And he made a return uh, after being gone for a little while, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, he was actually gone for almost a full year after that Nico Price loss. Brian Barbonero, man, he picked them apart. Granted, Barbonero took that fight a little bit too soon after going to war with his prior opponent, but he picked them apart, man. He roughed him up, and then he finished him in the third round. And part of the way he did that is Brian Barbonero is known to be a pressure fighter. He pressured the pressure fighter and did it really effectively. Randy Brown did. If he pressures uh, Worley Alves in this matchup, he's going to do the exact same thing. Alves will be there for the picking. He was breathing so hard after the first round in his fight against James Krause, which is the reason he was ripe for that knockout early in the second. Um, I expect a similar result here. I Yeah, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the same page there completely. Damn fucking this, right you are. Man, the rest of these, what's left is, is where it starts to get really tough. Okay, I'm going to go with, I'm changing actually my pick here. I was going to pick late replacement Veronica Macedo uh, over uh, Queen of Violence, Arian Lipsky. She lost to uh, Meatball Molly McCann and JoJo Calderwood, went the distance with both of them, and just wasn't able to get her kickboxing going. She's been approaching MAA like a point kickboxer, and it hasn't worked. But she's up against uh, a woman who... Um, has been has does have a, a UFC win, but it followed three losses against lesser competition. Who's a late replacement? So I feel like uh, even though she's the under, uh, she's a, sm a small underdog at plus one hundred five, that Lipsky should be able to land enough to get her first UFC victory. I feel you there, Nikolai. I. I'm glad you picked that fight because I was really trying to avoid it. I had a really hard time with that. It's a tough one. I actually like Macedo. I think that if they both yeah. had full training camps, I would I would be somewhat confident in picking her. Yep. But I also think Macedo never goes for takedowns, and that seems to be Lipsky's kind of Achilles heel. I think Lipsky, if you're going to stand with her, it's kind of a 50-50 fight if you're somebody like Macedo who also has very good stand-up. I don't think either of these girls are going to go for a takedown, so it is a bit of a toss-up, and I think the short-notice Probably it's smart to pick Lipsky for that reason. But I did have uh, Veronica Macedo written down 
in this case. I did too, and then I just changed it yeah. because I'm smarter than you. That's why. No, that's you, why I've lost so much. Nick, you, you, your IQ's got to be got to be just leagues leagues above. Now, for my next pick, I'm going to take Wellington Terman against Marcus Perez. Marcus Perez. Mm, my next pick, you jerk. You damn We've right. agreed on everything on this card. Yes, sir. I'm really glad I, I left the last pick to you, by the way, because that one I've had a really, really tough time with, although I have watched a bit of tape on both guys. So when it comes to this matchup, Nick, I like Wellington Terman to beat Marcus Perez because I think Wellington Terman might be something special. I think his extremely close back-and-forth war with Carl Robertson in his UFC debut Carl Robertson, who actually has a very respectable UFC record, who's, who's at this point got a win over Kopilov, Terman, Jack Marshman, Darren Stewart, Ryan Spann, like, like some pretty solid UFC names he's got wins over at this point. And Wellington Thurman, at 22, 23 years old in his UFC debut, went toe-to-toe with him. And it was an extremely close fight. Wellington Thurman's a guy that's known for his jiu-jitsu, but he's got really fucking solid stand-up. He's not super fast. I don't know that he needs to be in every matchup at middleweight. And I think he's certainly fast enough for Marcus Perez. Marcus Perez is a talented guy. And I think this will end up being a, uh, at least the first two rounds will be very close. I think Terman is going to take it away from there as the younger, more conditioned guy. Perez is overall pretty good. His losses to Andrew Sanchez and Eric Anders it seems like the more physically imposing, the maybe more athletic guys are the ones that give him trouble. Although he does have a win over Ian Heinesich, which is saying a lot uh, right before he made his yeah. UFC debut. I, I do like Terman here, but Perez is a talented, good fighter. He's he, he can definitely mix it up, and he's good absolutely everywhere. What do you think? Um, I mean, more or less agree with you. That was going to be a, a. I mean, it's a close fight, but even though his name's Wellington, I was I was going to pick him. God damn, a Brazilian with the name Wellington! I love that shit. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Maybe like middle name Beauregard or something. That would be fantastic. I like I Wellington I like, Beauregard. I like the name Tracy Cortez. Terman. Hear me out, Nick. Wellington Beauregard, goddamn Terman. I'm going to name my son Wellington Beauregard. Yeah, you're looking to have another kid already. That's great. You must have a lot of money. <laughs> Nick, swimming in women, but no money. Um, so we're at with the last fight now. The pick goes to me, and I'm still struggling over this one. I'm so glad you're picking this one. Uh, I'm... Uh, were two guys that recently won in the Contender Series, Andre uh, Muniz and Antonio Arroyo. I keep wanting to pick uh, Muniz. It's a, it's basically a pick 'em fight because he has a win. He's been around for like ten years. He's got much more experience, um, and he has a win over former WEC middleweight champion Paulo Filo. Peruvian necktie wins, triangle wins. Got a lot of submission uh, wins and not a lot of losses. He did get knocked out by Azamat uh, Mirzakhanov. Explosive Russian who throws spinning shit, I assume? Uh, I'm willing to yes. bet, Nick. I'm willing to bet. Yeah, who fights out of New Jersey. Uh, who's never fought in the UFC and doesn't have a ton of fights but hasn't What lost. a loser. He's been around, this guy's been fighting for nine years. and uh, Wow, that's crazy. I wonder what he does. I don't know. Who knows where he is. Um, but he looks like a bad he looks like a bad dude. So that so Osmot, he, Osmot Russian guy is your pick here? No, he's not in the fight. <laughs> I know. So it's either Antonio Arroyo, who's 30 and like 9 and 2, against uh, the 29 year old, but uh, 18 and 4. He's just been doing it for a long time. Fights with Tata Fight Team, which I think we've heard, uh, we've heard of before. Yeah, they've got a couple of UFC fighters. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Andre Muniz. I just like the, I like the look of his, of his uh, record um, a little bit better. Yeah, I. I ended up underlining Andre Muniz because he hits very hard with his hands and he can be pretty aggressive, kind of blitzing forward with multiple shots and kind of pressing you up against the cage with his offense. I do think that Antonio Arroyo is really good at avoiding opponents' kind of counter punches to his kicks. He's mostly a kick guy. He's got that like Luke Rockhold build and body. He's going to be the taller man in this matchup. He's got excellent, super fast, explosive kicks. And it's the weirdest thing. Like, if he's on the ground, he can look exhausted in the third round. Then he gets up and just throws extremely fast kicks again. Like, he's not tired at all. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. The thing about Antonio Arroyo is, despite the fact that he had that submission win in his last Contender Series bout, both of these guys, by the way, 2-0 and in Contender Series, I guess they needed that second bout to get the contract. Uh, he got that submission against 
Steven Regman. Steven was kind of defeated mentally at that point. He was exhausted and he gave up that arm triangle. Typical Regman. Typical goddamn Regman. And outside of that, Arroyo, like in both of his contender series bouts, like every moment on the ground, whether he's on his back or on top, he's just doing nothing. Like nothing, Nick. He like puts his head in his opponent's chest and his opponent's stomach when he's on top and just like kind of hopes for the best. Even at Mount, he won't throw a single fucking mm. thing. It's the weirdest thing. So I do think he's got a weakness there. His two losses are by submission. And Andre Munez is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But if Antonio Arroyo, who, by the way, I believe trains with American top team, if I'm not mistaken. No, I know he trained with Greg Jackson at some point. I'm not sure if he's still over there. He might have trained in Brazil for this training camp, given that the card is there. His explosive kicks, Nick, are a factor here, since Munoz is mostly lost by knockout. But Arroyo is mostly only lost by submission, so I'm going to favor the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, who's also got the heavy hands uh, on the same page with you on that one. But I'm excited because both of these guys are, I think, pretty respectable prospects. One coming in at 18-4, and four, the other at 9-2. It's fascinating that literally double the other guy's record, double the number of wins, yeah. double the number of losses. We agreed on every fight. Yes, sir. That's unusual, but it works out in this case because really the victor is is going to be the one that prioritized those fights correctly, the one that made the picks at the right time. Like last week, you and I agreed on a lot of those bouts. Maybe two or three were disagreeing on, but I, you know, I just happened to have chosen the right picks earlier on, and it worked out for me because I would have made a lot of the same picks you did. We're going to take a break. Lucky come back. Fucking you. Damn fucking right. We're going to take a break, come back, and tell you guys about Nikolai's big victory from last week, his, his one of his few betting success weeks, Nikolai. And we're also going to talk about my loss. And by the way, if it wasn't for that fucking Abreu fight, if that fight went to the right guy, I would have been up in the green. But instead, I, I lost a little bit of doing Well, maybe finally it looks up Jesus as your personal savior. I'm actually a Jew. Yeah, I know. That's why. I, that's what I'm trying to... It's extremely offensive, Nick. Well, you can keep losing. I'll, I'll, I'll be in heaven, but I'll email you. <laughs> But I'm winning. On Earth. I'm really good at this. How do we even know for sure that there's an afterlife? Let's get deep into this. Better yet, let's take a break, come back, and give you guys the MMA Geeks betting guide. Minus 250, you're going to hell. God damn it, Nikolai. Welcome back to the MMA Geeks Seal of a Podcast. We're here to present you guys with the MMA Geeks Betting Guide. Nikola, you picked up a pretty nice victory last week. You want to tell us about it? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. So I know you put five bucks on Panny Kianzad. So you probably won like, I don't know, three fifty. No, I, no, I put the money on her opponent. Oh wait, no, I didn't. I put you're right. I put it on Kazad. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because feel free to say you put money on her. No, I didn't. I did. Yeah. Uh, and then so you I put won that. Twenty dollars on Zabit and Imadayev, both of whom came through for you. That'll probably give you something like eighteen bucks. So not yes, bad, yeah, not bad. But not I, bad I lost money on. Uh, didn't I bet on Nurmagomedov or no? Uh, no, I don't oh, think yeah, you I didn't. did actually. Yeah, you, you you were fortunate enough not to have done that. Uh, last week, I ended up with a forty dollar loss overall, Nick. But for the record, if Klitsen Abreu had won. I would have had a profit of I think I think fifty bucks or something like that. Um, so my losses were uh, I put a little bit of money on Qatar Hardy and Sergey Kondosko. I didn't pick any of those guys, but I did think all those guys had a chance, and I think the fights were fairly close, and they showed that. Uh, I put very little on them in total, so it was only thirty-five dollars loss on those three. I won on Martin over Emiev, uh forty-five bucks, and I won fifty, and. I lost on Clinton Abreu, who got screwed in that decision. I put $31 on him to win 50 Unfortunately, that was a loss. Um, you know what? Hold on. I'm looking at this now. I may be wrong about how much I lost, Nick. I may have only lost uh, about $21, $21 loss overall on this one. Um, I, so I lost 55 on a parlay of Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov, and Imadayev, unfortunately. Uh, a total loss of $21. Not the worst thing in the world, but I always prefer to be in the green, whether it's closer or otherwise. Nick, what do you got for the bets for this coming weekend? For this weekend, I'm a little bit more prepared. Um, I got a parlay of Douglas Andrade uh, to beat Henan Barrow and Shogun Hua um, to beat uh, the Bear Drew Paul Craig. I'm putting 40 bucks on them to win 38 in that parlay. Like and it. I'm betting on uh, two women with close odds. Uh, Tracy Gortez, a minus 200 favorite, um, to use her wrestling to beat Vanessa Mello. Um, and I'm 
parlaying that with the Queen of Violence, uh, 0-2 so far in the UFC, Arne Olipsky fighting short uh, notice opponent Veronica Macedo. I expect this to be a really close fight. Lipsky had a little bit of trouble pulling the trigger in her earlier fights, plus 105 underdog. Um, the two of them together, $20 to win 40, about 42. I like it, Nikolai. Oh, one more. Excuse me. Talk to me. Not done yet, Stan. Sorry. Uh, straight up bet on uh, Francesco Trinaldo to beat Bobby Green, 20 bucks to win 17. I feel that, Nicolicious. So. I'm going to recommend a straight bet on Randy Brown at plus 100. I like him over Worley Alves. $70 to win $70. I'm also going to recommend a bet on Wellington Terman over Marcus Perez. Plus 100 odds as well. $70 to win $70. i am i am banking a lot on these extremely close matchups that I feel I have the right winner in. also going to recommend a parlay with Douglas Silva down Drage and... Mauricio Shogun Hua, $53 to win 50. Not bad odds combined. Also, Charles Oliveira and James Krause, $42 to win $60. I like the odds on that as well. Brown and Terman in a parlay, my two kind of single bets. I'm going to put them together because at plus 100, they come together for three to one odds, uh, which I think is phenomenal. $20 to win 60 on that one. If both of those guys come through, I'm going to end up with $200 in profit. So that'll be pretty Damn. cool. Damn. Uh, just from those two guys. Going Sizzler. He's going Sizzler. You think Sizzler would be my choice? He's going Outback Steakhouse. He's I don't going know. These fucking chains, Nick. Have you ever yeah. explored? You live in New York City. Yeah. Some good food Not a big here. steakhouse guy, but I, I, know, I know good restaurants. Give me one. What do you want? What kind of food do you want? Greek. Greek food? Well, you go to Astoria. <laughs> you just gave me a neighborhood. Uh, you go to Pinocchio's in Astoria. Is that a real thing? It is. Let's, I hope it's still there. I'm going to Google know. that shit. Let me see. It could be now, gone. Now I don't Nick, go to Astoria anymore. Like I have a rule, right? If on Google, it doesn't give you 4.5 or above. It is closed. This restaurant is closed. Whoa. Nicholas, so you Look don't know an actual restaurant. 4.6 though from 97. What the oh, hell I don't know. Maybe it's in New York now. It's Maybe here. it's switched locations. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. You know what? 4.6, Nick. That's the level I'm talking about. I'm going to try it. Also, it does say Italian food. So oh, yeah. That's the wrong one. You didn't have a Greek so restaurant. The Greek, no, the Greek one I go to is in uh, Just throwing town. things up on the wall, hoping it no, sticks. No, 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 no. There's uh, Mykonos. Not Mykonos. Um, Mykonos is an island wait, in Greece. Midtown Greek restaurants. <laughs> no, I know this one. I've gone there many times. Stay ah, tuned, folks. Molivos. This is worth it. Molivos, huh? Molivos is 4. really 3, good. 4.3, Nick. I guess that's fine. It's really Whatever. good. It's the theater district. And then there's that other one near the Museum of Natural History. Speaking of Greek restaurants, I would highly recommend Taverna Kaikleides, Nikolai. It is goddamn good food. Uh, their overall reviews... I'm Caffey. Looking at it now. It's a cafe. Yeah, that's fine. 4.2. It's a fucking loser. Oh, yeah, because the people... 4.5 right. for Taverna Kaikleides. 4.5, Nikolai. I'm going to... Take some. Do- Never mind. What are you? What are you gonna? I was take? gonna take some dolma. I was gonna turn him sideways. And go on. I, I want to hear more about this. And then I was gonna eat them. Oh. <laughs> are they easier? To I keep remembering. I keep wanting to do violent things. Then I remember you're a professional fighter. Yeah, it goes a long way to have like fighting skills, but really, like not even the skills, just people thinking you have the skills. Yeah. Really powerful. Except fighting. remember on the way in here today, you threw a kick and I caught your leg and was about to like. Take you down. You definitely caught my leg, but your face also caught my knee. I didn't feel it. That's because I was trying to be nice. Oh. Should I not be nice next time? No, you should be nice. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, another good one in the books, Nick. What do we have coming up next week? Um, According to the UFC schedule, folks. We got fights in... Where are they? Where's that? Where's that? Uh, this is the guy that eats the horses. Capital One Arena, Nick. And if you can tell me where that is... I'll be somewhat um, impressed. Capital One Arena is... Alistair Overeem versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck. I have Pretty no idea where Capital One Arena is. Good. Let's keep it that way. No, I want to know. Where is it? I'm not going live. Where I don't really there? care. So, Alistair Overeem is fighting Jarzinho Rosenstruck, who is undefeated Ugh. in the UFC. With late late, late replacement, knockouts. but he just he breeds it, guys, and they fall down. Well, well, yeah, like he just won this fight against Andre Arlovsky the weekend before last, and I think they probably asked him right away to be re- stay ready. It's in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. It's actually a great matchup between two kick-the-boxers. Oh, God. Why is that fight from 10 years ago on this card? Which fight is that? 
The heavyweight fight. Stefan Struve versus Ben Rothwell. Two men way past their primes for a combined 23 losses. Which one will come out with a victory? I I don't need to see that. Me neither. Marina Rodriguez, Cynthia Calvillo. That could be very interesting. These are two serious prospects at 115. We've got Yano Kunitskaya, who, by the way, oh, yeah. is, is dating Tiago uh, Silva. How badass is that? Wait. Wait, Tiago Silva? Wrong Tiago. Wrong Tiago. Not, no, no, no. Not crazy. No, uh, Tiago... Uh, Santos? Yeah, Santos. Uh-huh. I, I love them. Adorable they're, they're couple. They're the cutest, yes. Yeah. Aspen Lad, Yano Kunitskaya. I like that. Yeah, that's matchup. a good fight. Yeah, we got Geraldo DeFratis, who I thought got screwed in, in his last decision, going up against a, a serious prospect in Song and Dong. Yep. Mickey Gallup, Carlos Condit. Weird fight. Fuck, I'm talking. No, I'm, I'm into that, man. Like a, pro- a, medi- a mediocre former well, prospect like who's the pros- facing an old veteran who used to be at the top. Uh, yeah, and well, and what Gall's good at is Condit's kryptonite. Jujits? Yes, it's Jujits. Uh, Rob Font, Ricky Simone. Ooh, Excellent that's matchup, good. man. Tiago Alves, Tim Means. I thought Tim Means retired. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've heard of that. Okay. Uh, Chris Fishgold, who's kind of okay. Ooh, so Bryce far. Mitchell. Uh, Bryce Mitchell and Matt Sales. I'm into that matchup, Nick. I'm very no, excited fun fights. That. Fun fights in yeah, D.C. Those are a couple of serious prospects. And in the early prelims potion, we've got Matt Wyman. I don't know why he's still doing this with his life. And uh, Trevor Smith, uh, Mahmoud Muradov, who I assume... Oh, Mahmoud Muradov is that Uzbeki fighter who made his UFC debut on short notice and looked really uh, pretty awesome against an Italian Recently. fighter. Yeah. Naturally, Everybody a, looks awesome a, on a, during a, the Italian fighters, I know. You're damn fucking right. Especially uh, us from the Eastern European, kind of that Asian Pacific, kind of that Soviet region. I am Legionaris, and I will defeat you at any buffet. What is this, Nick? I said I am Legionaris. That was Alessia Sakara's nickname. But, but I oh. said I will defeat you at any buffet. I can out eat you. I promise. Do you think you can out eat? Yes, me? I can out eat you. Can we do make this a thing? I mean, if you want to lose, yeah. Nikolai, I'm gonna whoop that ass. We gotta go to a Brazilian steakhouse where they just oh. keep bringing you meat forever. Yeah, we could do that. I, yeah, we could. We also do have that. like a really nice buffet, not like a shit buffet. No, I've been. Thanks, I've been to them. Um, Which one have you been to? Uh, I've been to if it's still here, the one down here, like Tribeca. Uh, Tribeca platform or whatever it's called, and I've been to Fogo de Chao, um, and See, no, a couple mid, a couple midtown, a couple midtown ones, but not. I mean, it was a bachelor party thing, and all my friends are married and divorced at this point, so I haven't gone to one in a while. I actually went for a bachelor party recently at yeah. one of those Brazilian steakhouses, followed by yeah, a trip club. Great, so, yeah, that's the great uh, one two, great one two punch. I agree, I agree. Who, who, who doesn't want scantily clad women around them when they just eat a shitload of meat? It's a lot of gas, thing. It's not the best case scenario. Yeah, There's a lot of gas. Uh, good one in the books, Nikolai. Looking forward to speaking with you next week to declaring another victory for me. First one we've done in person in a while, so I hope you guys got the extra sexual attention. I don't necessarily need to sit next to you. <laughs> but I do like it that it's earlier in the evening. Yeah, 9.30. Usually we're not even started by now. It's like 10. Stan's like, I'm like Avery, falling asleep. Avery Quinn's falling asleep. No, hey, I got to get the thing. It's like, I'm like, Stan, we're recording at 10. At 10.45. Stan's like, okay, we're ready. Check your levels. You're damn right. When you used to have a daughter to put down, you were like, I I still have a daughter to But she's older. Down. You can, like, tell yeah. her sweetheart. Yeah, well, she's six. Oh, 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 that's exactly how it works. I tell my daughter I spent sweetheart. an hour tag getting her down last night. I, wow, that is quite effort. I, 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 I tell my daughter, sweetheart, it's time to go to sleep. You know what she says? She says, That's Uzbek. She doesn't speak Uzbek, goddammit. By the way, she's like, you know? at least quarter Italian. Oh, you're She's, like, good-looking. My daughter. Italian? Uh, Lauren is happy. Yeah, we have the Italian Jewish side of the